You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the Rand Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from Rand's latest research and commentary. It's February 10th. My fellow Americans, we meet tonight at an inflection point, one of those moments that only a few generations ever face, where the direction we now take is going to decide the course of this nation for decades to come. We're not bystanders of history. We're not powerless before the forces that confront us. It's within our power of we, the people. We're facing the test of our time. We have to be the nation we've always been at our best, optimistic, hopeful, forward-looking, a nation that embraces light over dark, hope over fear, unity over division, stability over chaos. We have to see each other not as enemies, but as fellow Americans. We're good people. The only nation in the world built on an idea. That was President Joe Biden delivering his second official State of the Union address on Tuesday evening. His remarks addressed a wide range of policy challenges facing the nation, from police killings to gun violence to synthetic opioids to U.S.-China relations. To help shed light on some of these issues, we've rounded up insights from RAND research, analysis, and expertise. Biden called for police reform following the death of Tyree Nichols at the hands of Memphis law enforcement officers last month. RAND Research has examined the evidence on police killings and how to prevent them. A recent report identified several key focus areas, including racial inequities, police training, and consequences for officers. And in 2018, RAND published the Better Policing Toolkit. This resource is designed to help law enforcement agencies choose the best strategies for effective policing and put them to work. The toolkit focuses on building mutual trust and respect between police and the public. This, quote, is important not only for improving relationships within our communities, said project lead John Hollywood, but also for making them safer places to live. And finally, our researchers designed a tabletop exercise focused on improving police-community relations. The exercise brings together police, social service providers, and community members to explore hypothetical scenarios that are based on real events. The groups discuss what they would do if faced with a crisis that might put police and community members at odds. Gun tragedies in America continue to mount, with more than 40,000 deaths every year. Rand recently published a major update to our review of the evidence on the effects of gun laws, It's part of the RAND Gun Policy in America initiative, which aims to establish a shared set of facts to support the development of fair and effective gun policies. Among the latest findings, there is now supportive evidence, the strongest level of evidence in our study, that child access prevention laws reduce firearm homicides and self-injuries among youth. There is also supportive evidence that stand-your-ground laws and shall-issue concealed carry laws increase levels of firearm violence. States with gun policies that are not in line with this evidence should consider making changes as a strategy to reduce deaths and injuries. In his address, Biden discussed the high rates of synthetic opioid overdoses in the U.S., 
In fact, about two-thirds of all fatal drug overdoses involve illegally produced synthetic opioids, such as fentanyl. Potent and dangerous, synthetic opioids are what RAND researchers have called an everything problem, one that touches all policy domains and requires a comprehensive response. RAND experts recently served on the staff of the Commission on Combating Synthetic Opioid Trafficking, which was created by Congress to examine the threat of synthetic opioids and devise a strategic approach to countering the illegal flow of these drugs into the United States. The Commission's final report includes 78 recommendations for how to address the synthetic opioid crisis on both the supply side and the demand side. Rand has also examined the nature of drug use and trafficking in Asia and China's role in the global supply of fentanyl, assessed opioid use disorder treatment amid the pandemic and in emergency settings, and considered the potential role of heroin-assisted treatment and supervised drug consumption sites. Biden also touched on key foreign policy issues, including the volatile relationship between the U.S. and China. He said, quote, Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China and anyone else in the world. RAND researchers have been studying U.S.-China competition for decades. Recently, they examined China's pursuit of overseas military bases, detailed how Beijing applies economic pressure to coerce other nations, and considered potential Chinese reactions to U.S. posture enhancements in the Indo-Pacific. Additionally, U.S. fears that China could try to take Taiwan by force are growing. Although there are signs that such an attack may not be imminent, RAND experts have identified lessons from Ukraine that could be useful in the event of a Chinese invasion. Others have studied what might happen if Beijing were to enact a coercive quarantine to prevent Taiwan from sending exports or receiving imports. To explore these resources and other RAND materials relevant to the State of the Union address, check out our recap at blog.rand.org. U.S.-China tensions were front and center last weekend when the U.S. shot down a Chinese surveillance balloon over the Atlantic Ocean. Pentagon officials have since reported that the balloon is part of a global surveillance program run by Beijing, part of a fleet that has flown over 40 countries. Rand technical analyst Bryn Tannehill, a former naval aviator, spoke with MSNBC's Katie Turr shortly after the aircraft was taken down. She discussed how the balloon was shot down, using a pair of F-22 fighter jets, the most advanced fighters in U.S. inventory. The balloon's relatively low altitude of 90,000 feet likely made the mission significantly easier, and the fact that it was over water ensured that there would be no damage to people or infrastructure below. Tannehill said that the recovery mission would be focused on examining the technology and infrastructure of the balloon, which was about 200 feet tall. These components might include antennas, sensors, cameras, and other electronics. She pointed out that just about any part of the balloon can be used to gather valuable intelligence, which the FBI is continuing to study. New RAND research out this week examined a program that provided mental health first aid training to more than 155,000 New Yorkers between 2016 and 2020. Free trainings were made available to all New York City residents and were disseminated through city agencies and in community-based settings. 
our study included a survey of past trainees. Here's a rundown of some of the findings. Respondents scored an average of 50% correct on a mental health knowledge test. 90% of trainees reported having contact with a person experiencing a mental health problem in the last six months, and nearly all of them applied key skills they learned during their training. More than 80% of respondents said they used the skills they learned to support their own well-being. In fact, 40% indicated that they obtained counseling as a result of mental health first aid training. And finally, one in five respondents expressed little to no confidence in assisting someone with a mental health problem even after having completed the mental health first aid training. The authors of the study identified several lessons that could inform future mental health education efforts. They include focusing more on mental health literacy, further addressing community stigma around mental health, and providing the additional training needs that racial and ethnic minorities have identified as necessary to better apply mental health first aid within their communities. For the last year, all eyes have been on Russia's war in Ukraine. But according to Rand's Jeffrey Hornung, there is another, less noticed geopolitical shift taking place that has at least as much power to alter history, the return of Japan as a major geopolitical actor. In the span of about a month, Japan revised its post-1945 security posture and replaced it with a new strategy that, if implemented, would create a more robust and forward-leaning Japan. As part of this shift, Japan is looking to acquire sophisticated military equipment as well as counterstrike missiles, long-range precision-guided munitions designed to deter an enemy's attack. Other key changes include the creation of a permanent joint operational headquarters, the establishment of a robust cyber defense, and increased intelligence capabilities. The motivation for Japan's historic shift is twofold. The first is that Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which suggests not only naked aggression is still possible in today's world, but also that survival against a much larger neighbor depends on being well defended. The second is China's approach to regional relations, which relies on bullying, provocation, coercion, and disrespect for international law. Japan has endured this behavior for years and finally appears to be fed up. Questions remain about the extent that Japan will implement its plans, Hornung says, but currently, signs point toward a Tokyo that is, quote, more likely to act in ways commensurate with its strategic position, regional interests, and economic might. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis. For more on today's episode, check the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We'll see you next week.